You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron, and I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. A lot of stuff there for you, breaking down the 2023 NFL Draft. I've got my grades for every pick in rounds one through three. We broke those down for you on Friday and Monday's show. Now we're going to focus on rounds four through seven. I also have the draft classes ranked one through 32 based on what every team did. I also have some rookie rankings some draft overreactions, and some power rankings to check out. So a lot of stuff there at Sporting News. We're going to go more in-depth with the draft. We're going to take our look here at rounds four through seven, the offensive skill players taken there, and what we should think about these picks for these teams, so whether there's going to be any fantasy football value to be mined here, either in the short term or down the line here. So we're going to break those picks down for you in rapid fashion. And then we're going to come back tomorrow and look at my rookie rankings there. So I've got my top 30 early rankings. I'll break those down more in detail for you on the next show. Everydayers, thanks a lot for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Subscribe and follow for free. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. All right, it is uh, time to dive right in. we got a lot of picks to get through, so we'll focus on the round four picks. These guys have maybe the biggest potential here based on where they were drafted. Then we'll look at round five. Then we'll close looking at round six and seven there, the offensive skill players, focusing on those selections, why these teams made it, what the upside is of these players, and when they could have a key role in fantasy football. We'll start right away with uh, the Bears. Roshan Johnson, the running back from Texas, Good power back, straight up power back. They do have Dante Foreman, who, by the way, was a Texas Longhorn star. So he's a lead back now for the power early downs as he replaces David Montgomery. You still have Khalil Herbert and his juice out of the backfield here. So interesting uh, combination of backs between Foreman, Johnson, and Herbert here in Chicago. They also signed Travis Homer, the former Seahawk, a little bit of change of pace back there. So that's your backfield. Those are the four backs now they are there for Chicago with no David Montgomery. So, Roshan has an opportunity here. Dante Foreman, not the most durable guy. We know early in his career, when the Texans took a flyer on him, he couldn't stay healthy. He's kind of resurrected his career the past few seasons with not only the Panthers as the backup for Christian McCaffrey, but really uh, came on strong before then with the Titans. And now he gets a shot with the Bears, so early down work. So, Roshan can definitely cut into that. He's a good power back, very similar backs here. Khalil Herbert is not necessarily the best receiver, but I think he's the better change of pace, more dynamic back. And then you also have the durability issues with Herbert that you're worried about. Foreman also has a So Roshan Johnson could have a key part in what the Bears do. Keep in mind this is a high running floor team with Justin Fields and something to look at. And they want to better protect their defense, use the power running game, maybe to set up the downfield passing game, which now they have DJ Moore to help Chase Claypool and Darnell Mooney for Justin Fields. So Roshan Johnson, pretty good landing spot. We prefer the Bills where he had a chance to maybe displace Damian Harris, the off-injured power back ahead of James Cook. But this situation is kind of the Bills light. 
because you have Herbert as that change of pace. You're not sure about Foreman holding up, and Roshan could get a good opportunity here. Interesting pick by the Chargers. They went with both TCU receivers who are very similar for Max Duggan. They stretched the field here all the way to the national championship game, the high-powered Horn Frogs offense here. So look at uh, Sonny Dykes' crew uh, maybe having a little bit of crossover to what we have in uh, Los Angeles now with Kellen Moore. So interesting, they're going for field stretchers. Both these guys, actually, Quentin Johnston, who they got in the first round, and this player, both speedsters, trying to get some dynamic big play threats here with Justin Herbert. Even though uh, Keenan Allen, that's the guy that they need to think about replacing that technician in the slot. Mike Williams, we know, can stretch the field at times with the size and speed. But going for more size, speed, outside, vertical stretching uh, prospects here. So trying to take full advantage of Justin Herbert's arm. We know Dak Prescott put up some big prolific seasons under Kellen Moore. So maybe the Chargers are trying to open up their passing game a little bit more. Pretty obvious here with the picks of Johnson and Davis behind Allen and Williams and Joshua Palmer. All right, the next fourth rounder on the offensive skill side was a quarterback, Jake Hayner. Gets picked by the Saints. Interesting that he went to Fresno State and transferred there because that's where Derek Carr is from. And Derek Carr is the new Saints starting quarterback. So two Fresno State Bulldogs are at the top of the Saints depth chart. So really moving on from this Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill mess that they had trying to replace Drew Brees. They've gone through that for a couple years. Now they're being more efficient and clear about what they want to do here. So Hayner, similar type of quarterback to Carr. Makes a lot of sense. They like Carr in this offensive system. But again... Hayner's just a developmental backup here with Carr locked in for a few years as New Orleans starting quarterback. The Rams, however, don't have a big future here with the Matthew Stafford. He's 35. His arm is starting to break down. I don't know if he's going to stick around for one more year, maybe playing with Sean McVay, but retirement around the corner still for Stafford. He's done everything he needs to do, made a lot of money, won accolades, and won the Super Bowl. So there's not a lot there. So the Rams have to think about the future. They didn't have a lot of uh, draft capital in here, not a first-round pick. They look at Stetson Bennett. So interesting, the Saints at a Fresno State quarterback to their Fresno State quarterback and a Bulldog. The Rams add Stetson Bennett to their Georgia Bulldog, Matthew Stafford. So very interesting. Bennett's a different type of player. We know that. He's a little bit older. He's able to run a little bit more than we know that Matthew Stafford can, can spread the ball around, but... Bit of a project we know. I don't think we're going to look at Stetson Bennett. Okay, the Rams have their successor here to Matthew Stafford. I thought they were going to go after big arm Will Levis in round two. It ended up being the Titans who jumped up ahead of them to get him. So maybe they might have been interested there in a quarterback. More teams trying to develop a quarterback. It was discussed in length, and we had a story about SportingNews.com, the Brock Purdy effect. That's what you're seeing here. Teams drafting developmentally strong quarterbacks here, see what they can do in their systems to maybe have a contingency plan that their veterans or even youngsters don't work out here. Rams, Stetson Bennett going to be a work in progress. Older quarterback needs a lot here to get polished for the NFL. So Hayner and Bennett, a little bit of stretches there in the fourth round. Charlie Jones went to the Bengals in round four, a wide receiver. Now, why Jones is critical here, it looks like they might be replacing Tyler Boyd next year. I think they're going to have to. If they're going to try to pay T- Higgins and Jamar Chase. They can't afford to keep Boyd as well as the third receiver there for Joe Burrow, who also has to get paid here. So they're trying to look at options to replace Boyd in the slot for sure. You look at Charlie Jones, that can definitely do that in the middle of the field. So watch out for him doing that. They also draft another receiver that could maybe be a contingency for T. Higgins later in the draft. So we'll talk about him. But Charlie Jones, definitely a little bit of Trent Taylor in him. He was on the Bengals here as well. So 
trying to address the slot so they're not totally out of luck without uh, Tyler Boyd, which is going to be the case probably next season here for Barrow again. Got to make priority decisions here when you have to pay your quarterback. I think Higgins and Chase would be those two priorities here in the receiving court. The next pick was another wide receiver actually from the University of Cincinnati, Tyler Scott. He's a field-stretching guy the Bears took. Now, Darnell Mooney is a free agent next year. I'm not sure they're going to incorporate him into new offense durability issues. Hasn't produced a lot. Chase Claypool they're looking at as a big slot here. But you might need a field-stretching guy. Justin Fields has a big arm to play off DJ Moore on the outside. Claypool can end up being the big slot. They could move on from Darnell Mooney next year. So I'm going to look at, uh, I know they have some other guys, Valus Jones Jr. and some guys that are trying to get some speed in this offense and they have to navigate through what Scott's role might be. But initially, again, he's going to try to be an occasional deep threat, flash a little bit to put himself in position to have a bigger role in 2024, assuming they move on from Mooney on the outside. The final fourth-round pick of offensive skill note here was Aiden O'Connell, quarterback there out of Purdue. The Raiders get him, a good developmental quarterback, their style of quarterback, no relation to Kevin O'Connell, who was a Patriot there in the Josh McDaniels, Bill Belichick, Aaron now the coach of the Vikings, but Aiden O'Connell, a good pocket passer to develop behind Jimmy Garoppolo. Is this their answer? Much like Hayner and Bennett, no. He's a guy that they put to develop as a backup. Remember, they didn't have much. They had Chase Garbers, that was it, behind Jimmy Garoppolo. As, uh, they didn't keep Jared Stidham either after they traded Derek Carr. So again, they're trying to replenish the backup situation there for the Raiders. So I think they'll look at a quarterback next year's draft. I think Drake May of North Carolina is a good fit for what they want to do offensively there in McDaniel's system. Uh, of course, a little bit of Alabama in him and Mac Jones and all that correlation there. So I think Drake May could be the Raiders' target there in the 2023 NFL, 2024 NFL draft after getting O'Connell in 2023. All right, we'll quickly do so with the fifth round picks in our next segment and then close rapid fire in round six and seven picks with some offensive skill potential, why these teams made these picks, and uh, see if we can mine any deep sleeper fantasy football gems of the future here. So being comprehensive about all the rookies, that's what we do here, advanced scouting on Lockdown Fantasy Football. Thanks again for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first one today. Subscribe and follow for free. We're part of Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. We told you at the top that this episode of Lockdown Fantasy Football is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. That is America's number one sportsbook, and it's for good reason. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs. It's exciting. I can't wait for the series to begin between LeBron James and the Lakers. Steph Curry and the Warriors. It's going to be outstanding. We already have a great series in progress between the Nuggets and Suns. Uh, Nikola Jokic, uh, Kevin Durant. So great time of year in the NBA to get on the action there as we wait in the NFL and to get the results of the draft. Because now new customers at FanDuel Sportsbook can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. There's no better place to bet on all the playoff action than a number one Sportsbook in America, that is FanDuel. I love it. They have great promotions all the time. I'm getting them in my email, safe and secure, so you can trust the FanDuel app. And you can get paid instantly. You'll see that money deposited to your account when you uh, put up those winning bets. So really excited about that. And you should be too. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Proud sponsor here of Locked On Fantasy Football. All right, it is time to continue the show here in a moment on Lockdown Fantasy Football. We're looking at the day three draft picks of the 2023 NFL Draft that could have some fantasy 
football intrigue. We'll break down round six in a moment. Thanks again, Everydayers, for making Locked On Fantasy Football your personal there. Listen every day. Tomorrow, again, we're going to break down my rookie rankings up at the Sporting News. So, again, if you're new to the show and uh, want to hear more, we're here to bring it to you here on the Locked On Network. So, very excited here to uh, bring you more off-season analysis as we count down to draft season in fantasy football. All right, let's continue the show here. Round five is what we're attacking now. Clayton Toon, a quarterback, went to the Cardinals, developmental guy. They need some depth. Colt McCoy, shoulder starting. David Blau was an option for them, so they need to develop a guy there with a the pocket passing sense to get some warm body here. Brock Purdy effect again. If you don't have uh, Murray or McCoy, you got to find a quarterback. So Clayton Toon, a selection of the Cardinals there. In the fifth round, I like Dorian Thompson-Robinson, the kid out of UCLA. Good dual threat, good leadership skills, nice arm. I think he's an ideal backup to develop behind Deshaun Watson after the team said goodbye to Jacoby Brissett, who's now with the Commanders as a contingency for Sam Howell. So Dorian Thompson-Robinson, good behind Deshaun Watson, can develop and learn well there in that system with Kevin Stefanski. The next pick was Israel Abahani Kanda, a Running back for the Jets, I thought the Jets needed some running back depth here just in case Donovan Knight and Michael Carter are not going to get it done here. Should Brees Hall need more time to get healthy? So Abani kind of really lit up his pro day. A lot of upside here. I think he's the closest back they have now. No offense to Knight or Carter, but I think he's the most seamless guy that could really help them should Hall need to miss time. So watch out for Abani kind of rising up the depth chart fast versus Knight and Carter. The Titans took a tight end. They are getting some help for Chiga Conquo and, of course, Will Levis, their quarterback. They have Trail and Burks. They added Ty J. Spears at running back, as well as Peter Skaronsky at guard. But Josh Wild out of Cincinnati. Cincinnati's offense getting a lot of love the past two drafts here. Good athletic tight end prospect. Maybe a little bit more 12 personnel that you'll see while developing behind uh, Chiga Conquo. The Packers threw away a pick. I'm going to downright say that uh, here with. Their fifth rounder and Sean Clifford, undraftable QB out of Penn State. So nothing to see here behind Jordan Love. The Bills made a questionable pick for wide receiver. They went with a kid named Shorter, and he's taller, actually. He's a big target, much the way in the Gabe Davis vein here. So not that slot we're looking for. So maybe some rumors that Khalil Shakir will indeed be the guy outside a little bit more over Gabe Davis. And you see Shorter's maybe a replacement for Davis in time with Justin Shorter and his... Uh, Big playability and size. And then uh, you look going forward, Dalton Kincaid, the first-round tight end, actually could be used more as a glorified slot receiver with a little bit more pop than some knock. So interesting to watch with what the Bills are going to do offensively. But waiting till the fifth round to take a wide receiver kind of signals a lot with what they might be doing here with Shakir and Kincaid. All right, let's go to the Packers. They keep adding depth here. Dontavian Wicks in the fifth round. So they added... A receiver earlier, Jaden Reed, a technician that could work in the slot out of Michigan State and replace Randall Cobb next to Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs. Dontavian Wicks, just a little bit of a all-rounded receiver that uh, a little bit of a depth play here as the Packers try to build that for Jordan Love. Colts cannot quit tight ends. They had Mo Ali Cox, maybe looking at a move on from him. Jelani Woods, Kylan Dranson. Now in their new set, they add Will Mallory. You think he fits more with what they want to do with Miami tight ends. So Miami is a good pipeline. We know going back in the day, to Bubba Franks, Jeremy Shockey, Kellen Winslow. This has been a good place for tight ends. But to Will Mallory, uh, one of their latest tight end prospects, he's got some field stretching ability, makes sense to pair with Anthony Richardson. You look at uh, a 
Bengals back that could start over Joe Mixon. They're going to keep Joe Mixon, it looks like, in the short term, but definitely not in the long term. They lost some IJP Ryan as well. So Chase Brown, a really good runner out of Illinois. Good value for the Bengals. So we're going to watch him very carefully here. And this backfield literally could be in motion after P. Ryan left. And they're trying to figure out what to do with Mixon and the off-field stuff. The Vikings didn't go after a quarterback earlier. They were tied to Hinn and Hooker. But they instead took uh, one Aaron Hall out of BYU. A little bit of their previous draft pick, Kellen Mond, in him. But Athletic uh, can throw every pass here. Big arm. Makes sense to stash behind Kirk Cousins. But Cousins, as they can get out of his contract... Next year, I think that's where Minnesota is really going to look at that young quarterback with higher upside here in the draft in 2024. Payne Durham was a blocking tight end taken by the Bucks, so essentially trying to replace Cameron Bray there. Kate Otten, good news for him that they're going to go forward with him as a key target. Eric Gray, receiving forward back out of Oklahoma with some explosiveness, goes to the Giants. We're going to watch that carefully. The stalemate between Silicon Barkley and the Giants continues when he got the franchise tag, so we're going to watch that. We know Matt Breida is just a guy. Eric Gray is a more explosive version of him. So we're going to watch that. Maybe the Giants stick with Barkley for one more year and turn this backfield over to Gray. So we're going to watch him with great interest. You look at the next pick here. The Rams uh, added a tight end from Clemson, Davis Allen. So getting a little bit of depth behind Tyler Higbee. Still needs to develop a little bit. We've seen the Sean McVay offense. Tight end production has been a little limited here. The Colts in the fifth round went running back. So they add another back here. To what they already had with Zach Moss, Deion Jackson behind Jonathan Taylor. Evan Hull, a good power runner with some receiving skills. Good combo skill set here for the Colts to have Hull. And uh, what he can do here, a versatile guy with the power running and the receiving. And then finally, the Rams uh, took a receiver named Puka Nakua, a big guy, a big target there. A lot of big targets taken on day three of the draft in the fifth round. Nothing to see there yet, developmental guy on the outside for the Rams. All right, there's a look at the fifth-round picks there, offensive skill-wise, and a breakdown for fantasy football. We'll close the show in rapid fire, looking at the sixth and seventh-round picks in our final segment here on the show. Thanks again for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen every day. Every day, a special shout-out to you. Thanks for listening every day, and uh, hopefully, if you're new to the show, you'll become one, too. And don't forget, it's uh, the end of the draft, but a lot of uh, recap you can check out. Lockdown NFL Scouting, good job there as well as Locked on NFL Draft. So check out those sister shows here on the network for more in-depth post-2023 NFL Draft analysis. Okay, it's time to close the show and look at what we have in the 6th and 7th rounds of note here for offensive skill players in fantasy football. And there are some names here that we're going to look at. You did have uh, Parker Washington go in the draft. Now, he went to the Jaguars in the 6th round. He was a receiver out of Penn State. A little bit of uh, Christian Kirk in him, so maybe the backup straight up for Christian Kirk. We know Calvin Ridley is in the mix for the Jaguars as well as Zay Jones, so get depth play there. Parker Washington behind Kirk. If something happened to him, then you see the opportunity maybe arise there. Kayshawn Booty, I thought he was going to go earlier. The Patriots get a good value here. He's going to work behind their trio that they have of Juju Smith-Schuster and Devontae Parker and Kendrick Bourne. We'll see what he can do behind those guys, but Good versatile type of receiver, can light up everywhere. They're Patriots type here in round six. Tanner McKee, the Eagles get a developmental quarterback. Doesn't really fit in with Jalen Hurts and their new veteran number two, Marcus Mariota. But again, everybody was drafting quarterback. Why not the Eagles, an offensive-minded team that's doing really well here? So Tanner McKee, developmental type for the Eagles, trying to replace Gardner Minshew. But again, Marcus Mariota is the number two in Philadelphia behind Jalen Hurts. We go to the Bucs. Uh, they go for a big play receiver in uh, Trey Palmer out of Nebraska. So 
can stretch the field a little bit to get to that element. With Chris Godwin maybe working the slot and Mike Evans on the outside, you get Trey Palmer as a developmental guy that you look at as a number three for the perimeter. The Commanders went for a power back here in Rodriguez Jr., a guy that may be spelling the end here for Antonio Gibson with Brian Robinson Jr., so we'll see how it plays out here for the Commanders, but power back into the mix for them. The Saints to lost Marquez Callaway. They moved on from him, so went after a big size guy that's 6'4", can stretch the field a little bit. A.T. Perry out of Wake Forest. I thought this was a nice pick in round six. I think he could have gone as early as round three, so like that pick. For the Saints as a developmental guy, some things are in flux here. Behind Chris Olave and uh, really Rashid Shaheed in the past game, Michael Thomas battling more toe injury issues. We look at uh, Elijah Higgins out of Stanford, a, a big target there for the Dolphins. Get a little bit of size there with Tyree Kill and Jan Waddle for some depth. They're, they do have Cedric Wilson and some others there rounding it out for Miami, but Good project here at Higgins with his size and ability to do things in the red zone. The size theme continued for the Texans. They added Xavier Hutchinson earlier in the draft. They added a diminutive dasher, Tank Dell out of Houston. So getting a little bit of size here to complement what they have with Robert Woods and Nico Collins and John Mechie trying to diversify that passing game a little bit more with C.J. Stroud, their first pick here at quarterback, uh, turning the page of that position. The Bengals also took a second receiver here and. Uh, Andre Ayusvas out of Princeton, a very big receiver with some speed here. So maybe looking at a backup behind T. Higgins at this point. Again, their earlier pick, Charlie Jones, a little bit of a slot option there to maybe replace Tyler Boyd. I think they'll do their best to keep T. Higgins, but Ayusvas is a good guy that they can look at behind him for some depth. You look at Demario Douglas, the Patriots uh, got a bit of a smaller technician there that they're going to look at to potentially play in the slot here. So... Boudet and Douglas give them some late slot options here to develop. Deuce Vaughn, a little bit of a dasher here that went to the Cowboys. Not exactly replacing Ezekiel Elliott, but more like a crossover Tony Pollard. That's great news for Tony Pollard because that means Vaughn might be more of a straight-up backup and they would trust Pollard with more key touches with no Elliott. Zach Evans, very good receiver for size, but also good power back. Unique skill set, much like Evan Hull, who went to the Colts in the previous round. We know Cam Akers can't totally trust him to stay healthy. Kyron Williams they have high hopes for, but we're not sure exactly what you're going to get from him going forward after a disappointing early part to his career. We go to round seven. The Lions uh, have to worry about the Jamison Williams suspension early, so got a similar type receiver. The Antoine Green out of North Carolina, a little bit of field stretcher to help, just in case I'm on right St. Brown and Marvin Jones need some of, of that here while Williams is out with a suspension. You look at uh, Dwayne McBride, a good uh, running back for the Vikings. He can put behind Alexander Madison and Dalvin Cook, so maybe getting closer to moving Dalvin Cook as early as next year. You look at Colton Dowell, a pretty good uh, size-speed prospect for the Titans. They can put on the outside and develop behind Traylon Burks for Will Levis. Lou Nichols, a power back. The Packers probably realizing they're not going to be able to keep A.J. Dillon. You don't think of an option to replace him, so they went in that direction. The Seahawks went with Kenny McIntosh, a Running back here to replace Travis Homer, essentially. They needed that receiving back, maybe an upgrade over DJ Dallas. We know they already had Zach Charbonnet to be the strong power back backup here to Kenneth Walker in that run-heavy attack. The Chargers head-scratching pick, but got a developmental quarterback behind Justin Herbert after losing uh, Chase Daniel. There's a little bit of Chase Daniel in Max Duggan. He could hang around in a system guy, despite his lack of size and consistent arm strength. So Max Duggan, after the big career at TCU, just like Stetson Bennett, his uh, national championship uh, counterpart quarterback gets drafted here late by the Chargers. 
The Jaguars took a very intriguing player, Derek Parrish. He can play defense as well, defensive line, linebacker. A little bit of a Patriots-like pick by the Jaguars, but Derek Parrish gets in the mix for the Jaguars at fullback. You have Jalen uh, Brooks, a very interesting uh, receiver the Cowboys took, a kind of possession guy on the inside. Brain Willis, another fullback, H-back type that the 49ers took, maybe thinking about the future behind Kyle Juszczyk in their offense. So their types of players really loaded on. They took Ronnie Bell, another guy that could potentially help them replace Jawan Jennings in time behind Brandon Ayuk. And Debo Samuels, a pick to look at there. And then uh, finally, the last uh, offensive skill pick was not Mr. Relevant in the entire draft, but Grant DuBose out of Charlotte. They got a good look at him. Another uh, body there to run good routes here. So a little bit of depth there. So the Packers loading up, much like they did a few drafts ago. They tend to take receivers in bunches, and they did here this particular draft with uh, Jane Reed, Dontavian Wicks, and Grant DuBose. So loading up on the volume here for one Jordan Love, uh, interesting uh, moves here. Three wide receivers and two tight ends. So given uh, maybe the support that they didn't need to give Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love here in the draft. So a lot to sort out. But uh, again, if you're a young receiver or back in a crowd taking late, it's going to be hard just to make the team. So keep that in mind with these sixth and seventh round picks. Uh, again, they're going to need a few breaks and the right the battles here to make the team. And then we'll see what their upside is. Because once they make the team, then watch out. Uh, anything could happen. We saw that with Brock Purdy, of course. Mr. Relevant in the seventh round. Ended up being the starting quarterback and a good one for fantasy as well with Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo going down. So with that Purdy development and really Elijah Mitchell from a couple years ago and uh, Isaiah Pacheco last year, we're not forgetting about these seventh round picks in fantasy football anymore in the real 2023 NFL draft. Thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. Every day is Again, tomorrow on the show, we'll break down my rookie rankings, the early top 30 for redraft and dynasty leagues that I have listed. So guys you want to draft, guys you want to put on your radar on the waiver wire. So good stuff there to check out as we break down more draft here on Locked on Fantasy Football. For Locked on Fantasy Football, this is Vinny Iyer. Have a great day, and we'll check you out tomorrow with our rookie early rankings.